Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. John Beeson played with Luke Keekley with the Carolina Panthers. JB will drop by in about 30 minutes. Number 59 announced his retirement via video last night at only 28 years old. Luke Hancock is with us in about 60 minutes to talk college hoops. Duke fell at Clemson last night. The Wolfpack has a big week at home starting tonight against the Miami Hurricanes. But joining us now, as promised, a guy who's covered the entirety of Luke Keekley's professional career. We, of course, will ask him about the Titans at the Chiefs and the Packers at the 49ers this coming weekend. Maybe some reflections from last weekend's playoff action as well. Jonathan Jones now with CBS Sports as senior NFL reporter. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Were you surprised, shocked, uh, or not when you saw 28-year-old Luke Keekley follow guys like Andrew Luck and Rob Gronkowski and Calvin Johnson and uh, Patrick Willis stepping aside even in their prime uh, prior to the age of 30? You know, first of all, thanks for having me on. Sure. And uh, was, was I surprised? Yeah, I think I think you had to be surprised. Um, but then, obviously, when you take a step back, you say, all right, there were some murmurs uh, around the team that maybe he wasn't going to play past the end of this current contract uh, that had been out there. Obviously, he had had two relatively healthy seasons since his last known concussion in 2017. And so had this happened two years ago, I think we all would have understood uh, and said, wow, we get it, and he's 26. Now he's 28. He had two healthy seasons under his belt. Um, and so I think that that time made it a little bit more surprising. But when you put it all together, when you understand that Luke Keekley, and this was told to me after his third concussion, Luke Keekley knows more about concussions than anyone on this side of a medical degree. Right. And, and it's, it's absolutely true. And he understood the risks that were involved that he decided to continue playing. And now, obviously, while he did not mention it explicitly, I think we all understand when he says that uh, he doesn't think it's in his body's best interest to continue playing football, that likely that has a lot to do with the brain injuries that he suffered uh, between 2015 and 2017 and whatever potential lingering after effects from them. A great description of Luke Keekley was Prince Charming meets Dick Butkus. As I ask you to share whatever you'd like about Luke and, and his legacy, you know, on or off the field, I wonder if you can connect even more of the dots that you just referenced there. Because I remember Andrew Luck stepping away when he did, at least included partly that he's about to become a dad for the first time. And I certainly don't have any news along those lines with Luke Keekley, but I do know this. His longtime girlfriend, Shannon, works as a physician's assistant, and he's known her since his days growing up in Ohio, and they've been together for a long time. You know, to be a high IQ Boston College guy studying assist, uh, you know, medical stuff and concussion-related information, and to have your longtime girlfriend be a physician's assistant – it doesn't seem like we have to work hard to read the tea leaves to use the word concussions, even though he chose not to last night. It, you don't have to work that hard. And again, it is, it is putting words in his mouth because he did not utter them. Uh, and obviously he's not having a, a press conference as it stands right now, because that's not who Luke Keekley is. And he doesn't necessarily need his day uh, out there. And he did it his way and all that's fine. But yes, it's absolutely right. That, Listen, the way that Gronk first did it, I think, probably helped even a fraction for Andrew Luck to step away. And seeing those two do it probably helped even a fraction for Luke Keekley to step away. Not necessarily that one influenced the other, but even just a percentage, right? 
And I wrote on CBSSports.com last night um, about how, listen, it's not necessarily that early retirement is a trend in the NFL, but early retirement for elite athletes with a lot of money is. And, you know, Luke comes from a a privileged background, but then also he made more than $60 million in his NFL career. And at some point, $60 million, if you're financially, fiscally responsible – that's enough money not only for you and your future wife and your children, but for probably another generation after that. And at, at some point when you have made your mark, when you have been a seven-time All-Pro, and maybe the Super Bowl is going to be out there and maybe it's not, um, but if, if the end-all be-all for you is not a gold jacket, it's not a Super Bowl ring, but it is uh, the health for the rest of your life and enjoying the rest of your life, and he plays a position where he is hitting someone literally every play, yeah. sometimes multiple hits every play, you do have to think about that. Jonathan Jones is with us. Find that work at CBSSports.com. Follow him on Twitter, at jjones 9 There is the famous story from before you or I were born of Jim Brown in his prime stepping away. We all know guys were not making huge cash back then, for sure, but Jim Brown had many other interests. Do you remember, J.J., I'm trying to think of how long you've covered the NFL. Is it it a 21st century phenomenon that the dollars have grown so much that these guys can make these decisions if they choose to in their late 20s? Because, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, I don't remember anybody saying by 30 years old, you know, yeah, I've made so much that this is a less complicated decision for me since I have lifetime financial security. That's, that's absolutely right. I've long said this. These guys, and it's not necessarily the Luke Keekleys of the world, but the majority of NFL players who have geared their entire lives to just football and that when they were in school that maybe you know the school didn't educate them or they didn't care to be educated because they just wanted to go out and, and play football and the schools wanted them to play. And so you basically have you know anywhere between three to seven to ten years to make what is probably going to be 80 to 90 percent of your lifelong income. And that's you, you better get it while you can. And if I, I mentioned this in my in my piece on CBSSports.com, the great Jerry Maguire showed me the money. Rod Tidwell had numbers that were top three receiver numbers in the NFL in the mid 90s. OK, do you know what his contract was for? It was for a four year deal worth eleven point two million dollars. Hmm. That was the great show me the money. Wow. Deal. That's what Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals made in just this season alone. Wow. Jerry Rice. 20 years of a a career, he was obviously the greatest to ever play at his position, top three all-time at any position. He made $42-ish million in 20 20 years. Luke Kuechly made that in about five and a half years with the Carolina Panthers. And again, it's not just about Luke Kuechly and money, but certainly when money is not a factor, that, that helps. Jonathan Jones is with us. That is just great stuff. As you have followed David Tepper, apparently sparing no expense in building his new coaching staff. What do you make of, I have read that other owners were taken aback and some even bothered that he threw a deal that could be worth as much as $10 million a year at a guy who's only you know been at the college level except for one season as an NFL assistant, Matt Rule. And what do you make more generally of David Tepper's just seeming willingness to kind of Jump into the darkness, if you will. Joe Brady is mostly a college guy, new offensive coordinator. Phil Snow is a college guy, new defensive coordinator. Matt Rule is a college guy. Are are there any red flags for you along those lines 
as he's certainly willing to spend, but we're all aware that great coaches like Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban and others, you know, did not fare well in the NFL after being among the best of all time at the college level. Yeah, certainly on a personal level, <laughs> I don't care much that billionaires now may have to throw in an extra <laughs> billion or two to, yeah. their, to their head coaches. Um, I just hope that they don't continue to shake down city councils for uh, tax breaks. <laughs> so, I, you know, it, it, there's not, you know, the world's smallest violin on that one there. Um, as, as far as the, with this coaching staff, you know, I, uh, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's absolutely going to be a disaster for the Carolina Panthers because they don't have a lot of NFL coaching experience at key positions in the uh, coaches', coaches staff. However, Matt Rule, one year of NFL experience. Joe Brady, barely older than I, uh, he has two-ish years with the New Orleans Saints as an offensive assistant. Listen, he just put together uh, and was, was the architect of the greatest – offense in college football history. Yeah. We cannot take that away from him. Um, and will some of that or all of that translate to the NFL? Certainly Panther fans hope that, and, and Matt Rule is first in that line. But it does matter to have NFL experience. And if you look across the table and you guys are all just kind of, I don't want to say flying blind necessarily, but this is a whole new ball game, And there are going to be some growing pains for any new head coach uh, at any stop. And it would be nice for the, the head coach to be able to lean on someone to his left or to his right and say, hey, how do we do it? at this level and and have a a marketplace of ideas and right now it seems that that element is lacking that there is a a lack of diversity um right now in color on staff and then also uh in terms of nfl experience when you have looked at what history told us about you know steve spurrier nick saban bobby petrino lou holtz chip kelly butch davis you know guys who were truly outstanding in many ways in college but not so much in the pros do you chalk it up to, you know, the difference between leading 18 to 22-year-olds versus grown men with families and big money? Is it more about, you know, the rules are different at one level versus the other? Is it more about, you know, you shop for your own groceries in college and recruiting where you don't always get to do that at the pro level? You know, what's going on there that, that helps raise this skepticism about college guys translating to the NFL as coaches? Yeah, for me, it's shopping for your own groceries. Uh, I think that you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, look at the college football playoff. Obviously, you had the Blue Bloods that were in the college football playoff, but what you have for all four teams, you, you had probably the best four quarterbacks uh, in the country. And really, in college football, if you have a, a transcendent quarterback, uh, you know, a, a top five to ten talent at quarterback, you have a great shot at going to the college football playoff, and then you just kind of add pieces around there. Matt Rule is coming to a Carolina Panthers team that obviously just lost its inside linebacker uh, in Luke Keekley. Uh, may not have its all-pro Pro Bowl tight end in Greg Olson, but he also has no idea who his quarterback is going to be. And I say he has no idea who his quarterback is going to be because I believe that David Tepper does not know who the quarterback yeah. is going to be. They have three on the roster right now, but you cannot go into week one with Will, Will Greer or Kyle Allen as your starter. And what is Cam Newton's health going to be? Are they going to keep him, trade him? How is he going to rehab that foot? All of these questions, you still need time to figure that out. The Panthers do have time. There is no doubt about that. But as it stands today, I find it extremely hard to believe that Matt Rule knows who his quarterback is going to be after Labor Day 2020. 
Glancing back to last weekend, of course, one of the biggest headlines was the 14-2 Baltimore Ravens going down at home and convincingly 28-12 at the hands of the Tennessee Titans. I remember a year ago, it would be fair to say that when Lamar Jackson, the rookie, encountered his first playoff game, he was really, really bad for the first half and part of the second half, and even the Ravens fans were calling for Joe Flacco, et cetera. When you dissected the Ravens' loss to the Titans, and you know Lamar Jackson has plenty of skeptics and haters, was it was he bad? Was he okay? Was it far more about Derrick Henry and the Titans? How do you kind of slice that apple? Because, you know, Lamar Jackson converted a lot of people with this MVP season. But being 0-2 in the playoffs is going to hover over him for a while longer. You know, it's for me, and, and I'll, I'll use this analogy. I don't know if anyone watched the uh, the greatest of all time Jeopardy championship, yeah, the yeah. tournament that just went on. But so much about these three great guys, it was about catching the breaks. It was about getting the daily double. Ken Jennings tweeted this out, who won it, obviously. He said it's about catching that fluky daily double. It's about getting that final Jeopardy right. It's not that he's any necessarily better than the other two on the stage. For Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they went, oh, and what, four on fourth down? I mean, it was kind of fluky. They just didn't get what they have always gotten throughout the season when they went 14-2, and two, and if they convert on those fourth downs and they can keep those drives going and sustain it, that maybe something more can happen. It's just the Titans beat them right where they had to beat them. And then, of course, Derrick Henry uh, rushing the way that he has the past three games has been incredible, but it was really, it absolutely came down to stopping them on fourth down. We know that the Ravens are the most aggressive team in the NFL, and the Titans beat them at that point. They couldn't let their drives continue going, and that, I think, is what ended up hurting the Ravens more than anything. Not a missed throw here or there from Lamar Jackson, not not playoff jitters or anything like that. They just couldn't convert on fourth down to sustain drive. Last thing for you, the Chiefs at home are a touchdown or so favored over the Titans. The Niners at home are a touchdown or so favored over the Packers. When you look at all four, you know, the best team doesn't always win, obviously, but if you could only pick one team, their combination of coaching and talent and experience and depth and health and all the other things that you'd want – is there one that stands out to you among those four, or do you see more kind of coin flips and, and unexpected things happening the rest of the way? Listen, if this were about if this were college football, I would take the Green Bay Packers because they have the best quarterback mm. remaining uh, in Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes is right there behind him. I, I don't necessarily love Jimmy Garoppolo. I like him enough. But the 49ers, who I just saw last week, I'm flying out to San Francisco tomorrow to see them again this week. Their defense is incredible. I was in New Orleans when they played the uh, when the Saints played the Vikings. The Vikings went ten of eighteen on third down. Kirk Cousins could do no wrong. He plays the Niners. They get seven first downs. Dalvin Cook can only rush for twenty one yards. They absolutely stymied a a fantastic offensive play caller in Kevin Stefanski. Now the Browns head coach. When the Niners D is playing the way that the Niners D played last Saturday, if they continue that on Sunday, they are going to stomp out the Packers like they did uh, several weeks ago, and then they're going to go into Miami and they're going to win the Super. Bowl, and it is because of the strength of that defense when healthy. Robert Sala calling the plays who should be a head coach somewhere. That is the team, in my opinion, that is clearly the best left in the NFL playoffs. His name is Jonathan Jones. Find his outstanding work at CBSSports.com. Follow him on Twitter at jjones9. Happy New Year, man. If it's not too late to say that, keep shooting your shot. Thanks for the time on the David Glenn Show. (laughs) 
appreciate you, DG. <laughs> Always fun. John Beeson later this hour. Luke Hancock will drop by on college best. Yeah, college basketball in hour number three. Beast, of course, played with this Luke Keekley guy. Eric in Durham wants to offer a memory or a comment about number 59 and his surprise at, uh, retirement announcement last night at the age of 28 years old. You can be next. Duke lost at Clemson last night. Yes, the Blue Devils are the best team in the ACC. Yes, they beat Kansas earlier this year. Yes, they beat Michigan State. Both of those have been hanging around the national top ten. Yes, the Devils beat Georgetown. Yes, they crushed their first five ACC opponents. But continuing the chaos theme of college hoops this year, they went to Clemson last night and lost 79-72. The Little John Coliseum fans rushed the court with a mob of orange as Coach K and the Devils come back with a loss. They fall to 15-2. and two. Still the best team in the ACC in my eyes. Still one of the best in the country. But another reminder that especially when these teams go on the road, ACC and otherwise, just about anything can happen to even the best of the best. The Hokies went to Winston-Salem and beat the Deacons last night. The Wolfpack is front and center this week, I believe, with two home games. Got to beat Miami tonight. Got to beat Clemson. Get revenge on those Tigers on Saturday. Clemson overstate at Little John earlier this year. State's got to win these two games at home. State is good enough to do exactly that. Five of their next seven are on the road. They better get it done this week for Kevin Keats. More on those matchups in college hoops. More of your calls on Luke Keekley. Is he the greatest Panther of all time in your eyes? I say yes. With all due respect to Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, Cam Newton, and others. And what will you remember most about his presence on or off the field or in any other way here in Charlotte over these last eight record-setting seasons for him personally and for the Panthers to some degree collectively? John Beeson former teammate of Luke Keekley later this hour. More of your calls on little baseball, a lot of NFL, and some college hoops too. 1-800-849-2761. The tributes for Luke Keekley have poured in from all over the sports world. More of Luke in his own words and more of those tributes with your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Eric and Durham wants in on the Luke Keekley retirement. John Beeson, former Keekley teammate, is going to drop by. Greg Olson was among the many who chimed in last night after Luke posted his video. At Greg Olson 88, the tight end posted, words can't describe who Luke Keekley is as a person, friend, and teammate. We have shared countless memories together, both on the field and away from it. I feel honored to be his friend, and I'll always appreciate the impact he has had on my life. Love you, buddy. That's from Greg Olson. Christian McCaffrey, and we'll come to your calls. John Beeson, 59's former teammate, is going to join us shortly. We'll talk college basketball with Luke Hancock and with you when you dial 1-800-849-2761. Christian McCaffrey, thank you for some of the best memories both on and off the field. I am so honored to have shared the field with not just the best player I've ever seen, but the best person I have ever met. We'll always love you, bro, to retirement, and then it's a couple of beer mugs clinging 
and a fishing pole with a fish caught on the end. Uh, Luke Kuechly is a big fly for fisherman, among other things, if you didn't know, in his spare time. Meanwhile, it wasn't just those from Panthers Nation chiming in or those in the Panthers locker room. J.J. Watt of the Texans, incredible player and person. This game is going to miss you, brother. And he just attached Luke's video that he posted last night. Eric Weddle, the star safety legend the nfl has lost a great one trey boston of the panthers formerly of carolina's tar heels also posted and how about eric reed uh the safety for the panthers he tweeted after playing with patrick willis remember six years ago patrick willis was a seven-time pro bowler who surprised a lot of people by retiring at the age of 29. So very, very similar with his on-field accomplishments and his somewhat unusual early retirement. Eric Reed, of course, formerly a teammate of Patrick Willis with the 49ers. Eric Reed tweeted, after playing with Patrick Willis, I didn't think it was possible for me to touch the field with another linebacker of his caliber. And then I went to Carolina, enjoy retirement, and he tagged Luke Keekley with an exclamation point. There were a whole bunch of others. And one quick aside, we'll get Eric and Durham and you in here, 1-800-849-2761. When I mentioned Luke Keekley's longtime girlfriend has a medical background, I was not trying to start a controversy of any time. We live in a weird world nowadays where some will blame the girlfriend for something that happened or blame the it's her fault like if if your prism if your paradigm is not god bless you luke keekley thank you for giving us nothing but great things on and off the field Thank you for helping the Panthers to great heights as a seven-time All-Pro. Thank you for being part of that magical 15-1 season and the trip to the Super Bowl in 2015. Thank you for being a role model to our children. Thank you for treating the media with respect and with dignity. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And congratulations, you get to make a decision in your own self-interest after pouring your heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, and to a degree your brain into the Panthers organization as you missed games in three different seasons with concussion-related issues where even the best doctors cannot tell you what every long-term or short-term repercussion is. I didn't bring up Shannon, the medical expert, so that, so that those who use the hateful paradigm, and man... It is shockingly popular in America nowadays, like the prism of hate rather than the prism of thank you and best wishes for whatever the heck you decide to do next. So now you're mad at Luke, kind of, but you'd rather take shots at his girlfriend because you have a theory that her work in the medical field has, you know, talked Luke into stepping away earlier, you know. By giving him, you know, more information about exactly what he's risking physically and brain-wise. I mean, I brought it up because I think it's intriguing that he, Boston College grad, academic All-American, it's not like he's a dumb jock who needs somebody to whisper in his ear at night. He did a lot of research on concussions himself, as Jonathan Jones and others have shared with us. And she probably helped him in that journey to become a lot more knowledgeable as his girlfriend over these many years. Eric and Durham, you're next on the David Glenn Show. John Beeson's going to join us on the other side. What's going on? Hey, DG. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your, the award you recently won. Thank you very much. Um, I... I'm honestly surprised he, he played as long as he did. I don't know if you remember a few years ago uh, a game where he got a concussion. He just sat on the field and was sobbing. Horrible. And my first thought was he 
he's done. He's not going to play anymore. There was a Thursday night football game against the Saints, and and I hate when my own brain works this way. I'm going to remember Luke Kuechly for a hundred different positive reasons. We interviewed him at Boston College, interviewed him with the Panthers. I, I truly admire, respect, dot, 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 fill in the blank, all of those things about him as a human being and as a football player. I can't shake out of my head one photo. And it is him sitting on the cart that takes an injured player off the field while tears are streaming down his eyes or his cheeks because he was in a state of confusion, having already been through concussion-related problems. And against the Saints on Thursday night football, I think it was 2016, in the middle of the three years where he had missed games because of concussion-related issues. In that moment, he was a scared young man. And he was a confused young man, and he saw the gravity of the moment, and he... And whatever he was feeling pushed a manly man in the testosterone-filled world of football to the point of tears and confusion and sadness. And again, I'm celebrating him, but that is a scary, sad part of his story and just a picture that I don't think I'll ever get out of my head. I hope he's bright-eyed and happy until he's 100 years old, if he wants to be. I hope there's no leftovers from what were three scary seasons. He said he has not had any issues with concussions since 2017. Uh, I think he's wisely stepping away, and I know almost all of us are wishing him well with no angst about his decision once you take away your selfishness, perhaps, as a Panthers fan. On the other side, a guy who lined up next to Luke Keekley, fellow Panthers linebacker John Beeson, now with the ACC Network, next on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? That's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We'll talk college hoops with Luke, Han Luke Hancock a little bit later. Most outstanding player at the Final Four on that Louisville national title team back in 2013 for Rick Pitino. Our next guest is still a young man, only in his mid-30s. Superstar linebacker for the Miami Hurricanes. Played for a long time in the NFL as well. Three-time Pro Bowler with your Carolina Panthers. And, of course, a former teammate of that Luke Keekley guy. John Beeson, as we welcome you back to the David Glenn Show, and thank you for your time. What were your first thoughts as a guy who retired relatively young when you saw that uh, Luke Keekley last night was announcing that he's stepping away at the age of 28? Well, great. I think that, um, you know, you look at, you know, football as we used to know it. It's all about being a tough guy. You know, you hear, um, you know, the, re the reports of, of Carson Wentz uh, deciding not to go back into the game and, um, you know, analysts come out and they say, hey, you let your team down, this, that, and the other. Like, it's a new age of, of concussions, of, of, um, of importance of taking care of your brain as opposed to what it used to be. So, yeah, just, just brave because, you know, clearly uh, Luke Keekley still has juice. Um, he's still playing at a high level. Um, you know, from a physical standpoint, uh, he can still go out and get it done. And I think the fact that he knows that in his mind but decided to walk – a walk away from the game is, uh, is extremely brave. 
we can see that he had more than 1,000 tackles over these last eight years. That was the most for any player at any position in the entire NFL over that eight-year period. You got to see him as the rookie out of Boston College. You were already this all-pro, already this three-time pro bowler. And then here comes Luke Keekley, the Panthers' first-round draft pick. What do you recall as your initial impressions of him, and what made him special? We could see what he did on the field. You got to see him in practice and, and in other forms of preparation. How, how did he become so great as you watched that happen? Well, first off, uh, you know, he walked in. You know, I went up and I said hello, shook his hand, and I said, damn, <laughs> you're pretty big. He's like 6'4". You know, he's a... He's a tree, man, but um, that was my first impression of him. But uh, right away, you know, dubbed the, the name Super Luke just because he's got the whole Clark Kent thing going on. Yeah. He hadn't had the LASIK surgery yet, so he's still, you know, wearing the, the, <laughs> the glasses. And, uh, you know, he just – the thing you appreciated about him was he, he loved the game. And um, from conversations about training, uh, nutrition, I mean, he was just, he was just all in on – you know, the, 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 the small things that separate the good from the great. And it was impressive. Um, you know, most rookies are, are taking it in and, you know, happy to be here. It's kind of like that, you know, that, that, that wild moment that I, that I made it. But, you know, Luke, um, he understood that it was, it was time to get to work, and, and he always, always uh, approached the game that way. And, you know, from a, you know, for, from a vet perspective, you know, that's all you can ask for. That, that, that's uh, extremely unique when, when you talk about being a rookie. I remember, if I recall correctly, when you stepped away at a relatively young age in 2016, the doctors were basically telling you, man, you're crazy with all these injuries if you keep playing football. How have you seen that change? You mentioned the tough guy experience uh, earlier because Gronk retired prior to 30. Luke's retired at 28. Andrew Luck retired prior to 30. Patrick Willis a while ago before that. And if I remember, all three of those guys, or all four, kind of had multiple surgeries the way you do but they might not have been told the same way you were told by doctors, man, you got to hang it up. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you have 10 surgeries and you love the game, it, it's been your lifelong dream. Um, again, to get to that level of excellence, you, you have to be, you have to be all in. And I think it's twofold when you, when you talk about being a doctor, it's like, you, you know, the person, um, you know what he has accomplished. And I think those two elements, is where a doctor can be real with you and say, hey, you know, Beast, listen, man, your knee looks really bad. This isn't a situation where you're, you know, you're, you're fighting for a career, you're trying to, you know, make money, you've made money, you've accomplished a ton. You know, this is, this is really the moment where, hey, look, you had to be remembered as you were as opposed to where you're going if you keep playing through these injuries. And I think, um, you know, you, when you talk about the guys at, at the top, the one key component is that they've accomplished a lot. They've made a lot of money. And at some point, uh, it was always going to, to end, whether it was at 30 or for me, or even if I still could be playing at 35, it's like, hey, you had a great career. It'd be close, you know, give or take. But yeah. uh, it's just tough when guys walk away from the game and you know that they can still play at a high level. And I think the fan perspective is, man, why, why, why are you leaving? 
I don't know if you watched the whole video, is three minutes and 35 seconds long. And for whatever reason, Luke did not mention the word concussions. He did say, I still want to play, but I don't think that's the right decision anymore. And I guess he just left it for us to connect the dots. I mean, uh, do you have any sense of why he would not just say, hey, man, I missed games for concussion release reasons three different years, and at 28 years old, I don't want to risk my longer-term health anymore? Well, I think that, you know, it, it's about, you know, one, a promise that he made to, to his parents, um, that Coach Rivera put out publicly, that he made to his parents, that if, if the concussions continue, that he will walk away. Yeah. And, you know, Luke is, you know, that kind of guy. He's, you know, when it comes to character, integrity, extremely high. And I think that he didn't mention concussions because it really was a decision based on, you know, his well-being and what it, what it would mean, what the, the people who really care about him, not, not from a fan perspective, but from, you know, a family perspective. They love him. You want to see Luke well, do well as a person and, and I think that's why he just said you know I want to play but everyone's advising me that I should walk away and I think that when you watch the film definitely last year you know he tried to change how he how he played football yeah taking his head out of, out of you know the big hit and I think that when he watched the film he wasn't happy with what he saw you know because it you can't you almost you can't play Mike linebacker the way he did and take your faith out of it. It's just it's just a, it's just almost impossible. And I think that along with the fact that he probably did get big, maybe it didn't come out, maybe he was hazy. It, it, yeah. You know, you can that's the thing about the brain. You can play through it and be a tough guy, but you really don't know the damage that you're doing because you, it, it's not something that necessarily hurts. If that makes sense. Yeah, and it's interesting. You just said one phrase he used last night. There's there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid, to play fast, physical, and strong. And at this yep. point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. And that's the exact spot in the video, John, where his words started trembling and, and he almost lost his composure he there. Yeah, and that reflects, I think, what you're saying. I mean, he was still second-team All-Pro, but the Panthers' defense gave up buckets worth of yards and points, and, and maybe in his own eyes, you know, maybe he didn't even think he deserved second-team All-Pro. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that when you know what you can't accomplish yep. or the player you, you want to be, that's what makes it easy to say, hey, you know, I, it's time because for me – not dreaming about playing football anymore. It's not that I that I don't miss the game or, or miss the, the competitiveness or the guys in the locker room. I, I do, but I don't think about it because I can't be what I was. Yeah. And I think it's it's a it, it has nothing to do with me accepting it or me saying, Oh, I I need to walk away. It's that it's easy because I wanna be remembered like like I was and um the emotion Early on, is is that it hurts to, to to walk away from something that you that you love so much? Again, I have to reiterate the difference between you know guys who who, who just play and guys who do it at, at the, the highest level consistently. Yeah, is that love, that passion? You make that sacrifice to to be um, you know always prepared and to go out and play in a manner that's different that separates you from other people because it matters to you more. And um, again, 
I can't go out and play basketball. I don't run. You know, I don't I don't train when I work out. I sit on a bike. I wear a sweat top. Like, my life is completely different physically because of the injuries. And I can't, if I decided to go out and play basketball, I can't do it. Whereas Luke will be able to go yeah. sprint and run and lift. And that's got to be, man, that, that's got to hurt. I, it just – I. I really, I really, truly feel for him the position that he's in. John Beeson is with us, formerly the Miami Hurricanes, the Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, now with the ACC Network. Since we're catching you just a couple days after the national championship game and you follow the ACC so closely nowadays, when you think of LSU's win over Clemson, was it more just tip your cap to Joe Burrow and one of the greatest offenses of all time? Because it didn't feel from an ACC perspective – that, you know, Clemson failed in any way. They just kind of ran into a freight train, right? You know, I can be an analyst and be a homer. Hey, I, you know, I work for the ACC. I'm picking Clemson. Yeah, I was one of the few guys on, on, on the team that said, hey, LSU's going to win this game, and, and here's why. You know, I, I looked at seven different games, okay, full offense, defense breakdown. The teams that played them the best and the teams that got blown out late, you know, to try to find a trend or, yeah. or look for a chink in their armor where I could spin it in a way and say, hey, Clemson has to do this if they want to win. And I wasn't overly concerned from uh, from offense perspective, but defensively, the first thing you do when you break down film and you come up with a, with a game plan and, and a scheme is you look for a mismatch. Like, who's the guy that can ruin the game for you? Who's the guy we have to stop on third down? You know, what makes this offense go – and usually it's, it's one or two guys, right? So you scheme it up in, in big moments, third down or whatnot. But in this case, I honestly felt in my, my number one key to the game was that Clemson can't match up with them, meaning they can't ever play man. Across the board, their five eligibles were all mismatches in man coverage. And that was, the, that was my take. And I said, then you have a quarterback who has a unique skill set, but who plays the game between the years, they get out five receivers every single time. You talk about protection, running back, tight end, staying in to, to help with the blitz. They just get five out. They don't care. And, and uh, Joe Burrow can go through a progression and get the ball out quick and wait for those moments where he sees a mismatch and it doesn't take a lot of plays. So that was really the big, the big key component in the game. Um, you know, Clemson came out with a great game plan, but I think defensively they, they, they ran out of gas. And offensively, I think because they got behind, not being really in that moment, they started to press, and you know the game kind of got away from them. But it 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 was very evident that the disparity disparity in talent and God given ability just they they didn't have that, and uh, the reason why they lost the game. Last thing for John Beeson, putting your NFL glasses back on for a second. When you look at Titans at Chiefs. And Packers at 49ers, uh, the four still standing. Which of those four has the best combination of things that you would want to have if you were trying to win the Super Bowl? Well, I start, we started the NFC side. It's easier because you look at the investment uh, from the Packers on the defensive side, um, going out and spending money, uh, bringing in pass rushers, guys that can get after the quarterback. That's really been their problem. You know, you have Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side who can make everybody look better. But the defense was, was the reason why they, they haven't been to, to a Super Bowl in a decade. Now they have the defense. So I think that's the reason why they're in this, they're, in, they're, they're back in championship contention uh, because they built the, the team the right way. And the exact, the exact same with the 49ers. 
they went through the draft. They have all this, this talent, all, especially on the defensive side. But then you go out, you get the quarterback, a guy who can score points. Um, Cal Shanahan is an unbelievable play caller. I think that'll be the difference. And if the game was in Green Bay, I'd take the Packers. But since it's in, it's in San Fran, you know, I'm going with the, uh, the 49ers. And then, um, you know, on the, the AFC side, the Chiefs have to play defense. Um, we know that they, they can score, but if they have a, a moment where, like they did last week, where the offense is ne- not necessarily clicking, you see how fast the game can get away from them. So um, right now, <laughs> Tennessee has a belief, but I'm not going to go against, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes in the offense because I know that they can get hot, and I think that'll be the difference in the game. Um, the ability to score more points uh, than Tennessee in the way they're doing it uh, is something that is unique and special. And I think that's the reason why they're going to win the football game. His name is John Beeson. Check him out on the ACC Network. Longtime NFL player and superstar for the Miami Hurricanes as well. John, thanks for the visit, man. Happy New Year to you. And thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Thank you. You got it. Luke Luke Hancock on college basketball in about 15 minutes. More of your thoughts on the NFL, Luke Keekley, David Tepper, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, and other headlines of the NFL day. Aren't you glad we got to have a guy like Luke Keekley around here for the last eight years? Antonio Brown offers quite the contrast. Both guys in the NFL headlines in the last 24 hours. Every time you look up, AB is either alienating the Steelers, the Raiders, the Patriots, the NFL commissioner, or in this case, the Hollywood, Florida Police Department, while screaming at them and cursing at them on video in front of his young children. That's why Antonio Brown is back in the headlines. Did Luke Keekley give us everything you'd want on the field, which A.B. often did, record-setting wide receiver with the Steelers, right? But just every time you turn around, somebody's suing him. Somebody's accusing him of something. There's TMZ-style video of him doing something wrong. Luke Keekley didn't give us that once in eight years. Antonio Brown gives it to us like every time we turn around. Both incredible players on the field for many, many years. One, not so much off the field. Luke Keekley a man of distinction on and off and a role model for all of us and our children for sure. Luke Hancock on College Hoops. Next hour, your phone calls before and after. Baseball, NFL, little college football, and a lot of college basketball are on our minds. What happened to Duke, the number three team in the nation, at Clemson last night? And why do I describe tonight as such a big night for the NC State Wolfpack? More on those stories with more of your calls next. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Duke went down to Clemson last night, and the Blue Devils went down to the Tigers last night. They're still 15-2. and two. They're still the best the ACC has to offer, and believe it or not, in the efficiency rankings, they're still number one in the nation, even though they are number three in the polls. Luke Hancock 
helped Louisville to the national championship back in 2013. He was actually the first off-the-bench player ever to win the Final Four Most Outstanding Player Award. The sharpshooter played for Rick Pitino back then. Nowadays, a college basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. At the top of the league, you have Duke and Florida State and Louisville. Among teams that have a chance, if the Wolfpack or Syracuse or even the Wolfpack's opponent tonight, Miami, will get a little better on defense, any of those three, they have enough firepower on offense to join that upper tier or at least be added to the upper tier when it comes to NCAA Selection Sunday. A couple of other teams need to get better on offense, UVA included. We'll talk college hoops with Luke Hancock nationally, ACC, and otherwise. After that, it's your phone calls. Luke is next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show.